Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Appreciate you joining me for another day. And today's particular episode, we are not going to go deep into the scriptures or anything like that. This is simply going to be a review of the Left Behind movie, the new one, The Rise of the Antichrist with Kevin Sorbo. I don't know if any of you have had a chance to see this yet, but uh, if, if you you can pay to rent it on Amazon Prime right now. And I decided to check that out. Check check it out because uh, if you follow me for any length of time, one thing that you might know about me is that I used to be a huge fan of the Left Behind series. And so I want to do a review of this movie, but uh, not just for a movie review's sake, but also too, I just want to remind us of some things that are very important because uh, movies, Christian movies, have been historically very influential and have had a major impact. We've already talked about the Thief in the Night movie that had a huge impact on a generation. Now, this particular movie I don't think is going to make any big waves. Okay, it, it was an interesting movie, uh, you know, and uh, there were some you know good points and uh, negative points. It was not as good as the original. Okay, uh, I I will say that it was not as good as the original, you know, Kirk Cameron version. This one uh, was the best one, the original Left Behind with Kirk Cameron. And I do want to kind of talk. I'm going to uh, kind of give a review uh, briefly of all of the Left Behind movies because, again, uh, I was I was a huge fan. So. My path on the down the Left Behind series, it was shortly after the original Kirk Cameron Left Behind came out. I was actually dating my wife at the time. We went over to her house and we watched it. And uh, I was immediately hooked. I had never read the Left Behind books. And I remember we watched that movie and it ends just as kind of the Antichrist is coming to power. And I just had it in my head that this was going to be a, a movie all about the rapture and all the tribulation in my mind. I wasn't familiar with the books. And so when it just kind of left you hanging, I'm just like, what in the world? You know, and I'm, my wife had read the first couple left behind books and she was just like, ah, that's how it is in the books. You know, it ends this way. And then there's going to be, there's the tribulation force. And I'm like, well, I, I want to see that. And so tribulation force, uh, which was the second one, um, it came out. Uh, shortly after that, I forgot what the release date was for it, but I remember I was like, I have got to see that movie and the, this left behind two or tribulation force. This was the first DVD I ever purchased. This was when DVDs were starting to become a big thing. First DVD I ever bought was tribulation force and, you know, absolutely loved it. And so, uh, but before I'd even read tribulation force, I immediately started reading left behind books. And I read all of them up to the mark, I think it was. And then uh, I had to start waiting for them to come out. I think the mark was out, which was like the fifth or sixth one. It's been a long time. And so um, it's been a long time since I've even watched these movies. But just some thoughts. And I'm going to say, and I'm going somewhere with this, that it's very important that you get this. There's a lesson I I do want to teach. There's a moral I want to teach everybody in this as we talk about these movies. So again, the first Left Behind movie, I mean, it was. I I think it was pretty true to the books, not near as detailed. 
Uh, but this movie also came out too shortly after uh, the book was written, where the new one with Kevin Sorbo that just came out, it has been very updated to fit with modern times, and uh, and there's a re- and there's a, an obvious and there's some obvious reasons for that, and so uh, that one was really good. Then the, when Tribulation Force came out, this one, um, I was really disappointed because it only went through a very small portion of this book, Tribulation Force, a very small portion, and so originally I remember I was watching, I was paying attention to everything about it. They were going to do a, uh, they were supposed to have a Tribulation Force uh, Part 2 is what they were going to do, and, and I, which I was disappointed. The third book, I think, was called, Soul Harvest was the fourth one. I forgot what the third one was called. Uh, it, it's, it's escaping me at the moment. But I was like, man, this is going to take forever because they were taking so, so long to release these movies. But there was a lot of um, disputes about the movies because Tim LaHaye wanted more gospel presentation. And stuff in there. And then I guess apparently there might have even been like lawsuits and stuff like that. And so Tim LaHaye wasn't really getting his way on a lot of that stuff. He did. He wanted more, you know, Plan of Salvation on there, which sounds pretty good. So then they eventually they came out and they they scrapped the whole Tribulation Force 2 thing. And they went in, they made Left Behind World at War, which was awful. Left Behind World at War stunk. And without a doubt, it should have, and it did, end the Kirk Cameron Left Behind series. On this World at War one, they completely went off the they they completely went away from the story and the books. In in the first two, it was going on with the books, which I appreciated. But then this third one, they just made up a whole new story. I think too, because they wanted you know to have some racial diversity in there. They made the president black. This came out, I think, in 2006, which was before we had a black president. And back then, every movie, every movie that had a good president, the president was always black every time. And this president gets saved. He's heroic. He tries killing the Antichrist, and he ends up blowing himself up. But the Antichrist just walks out of the burning building like nothing because he's Satan and all that. It was awful. None of that happened in the books. you know. And they... I remember too. There was they wasted like seemed like twenty minutes of the movie, and it probably wasn't that much, just on this you know romantic wedding scene where Buck and Chloe are getting married, and uh, Rayford and uh, I forgot who he ended up marrying. It was just it was it was so bad. It deserved to kill it and to kill the series, but uh, but they also got their plan of salvation in there, and that was the one too where they spent about ten or fifteen minutes where Kirk Cameron uh, and uh, Rayford are witnessing to a guy trying to get him saved, and then he goes full into his Ray Comfort-style soul-winning that Kirk Cameron was doing back then in videos with Ray Comfort, and it was just, it, it stunk. It was really disappointing. And so then, uh, but that ended those, and then you had Nicholas C- the Nicholas Cage version. This one was so bad. Okay. Now, first off, it wasn't a horribly done movie. You know, they spent money on it, but the storyline, it was literally a whole new story with the left behind characters. You know, you have, you have Ray, 
the pilot, Nicolas Cage. You've got Book, Chad Michael Murray there. You know, you have Chloe. I don't know who she was. Uh, you have Hattie as a lady uh, to the right. And then you have, uh, I, I, don't, I really hope I don't get accused of being racist. I don't think this makes me racist at all. But then in the cover, you have this black lady on there. Now, who is she? Well, she's nobody from the books, and she barely does anything in the movie. But they put, she does literally almost nothing in the movie, but it's like they needed racial diversity on the cover. Christians always got to, you know, go along with all that stuff. And so she was absolutely pointless in the movie. She's just like some scared mom, I think, that lost her kid uh, to the rapture on the plane. I, why she is on the cover, you go watch the movie and you tell me why she's on the cover. And their only reason is to make it look like the movie has racial diversity. <laughs> That's it. Because she was one of the more pointless characters on there. Not a main character at all. Did not deserve to be in the cover. It's 100% obvious why they did it. But this movie, it just basically, they made up there a whole new story. You know, it involved the rapture. It involved the characters from Left Behind. But very few things were related to the book in that movie. And so it just absolutely stunk. That's all there is to it. And so in this in this left the the new left behind movie with Kevin Sorbo, this one, uh the one thing I will say about I like when things stay true to the book. Okay. I, I really do like that. When when things get away from that, I get annoyed. And this one, it did. It uh you know it stayed true uh to the book for the most part. And but it was very modernized. Now, here's some things if you watch this movie that I want you to watch for, because we don't want to allow a because, folks, who doesn't want to watch a movie about the rapture and the tribulation? I mean, what Christian doesn't want to watch a movie about that? Hey, okay. yeah. Now, some of you, you pretend to be spiritual. I'm not. I don't know. We're all interested. OK. And again, this movie wasn't great, but uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, but some things to watch out for so we don't get become like the thief in the night generation who literally are going behind pulpits and describing the return of Christ, not in a way that the Bible describes it, but in a way that a movie described it. And again, there's a, and we've got a whole new generation repeating the previous generation not realizing the previous generation got their description of the rapture, not from the Bible, but from movies. And so we don't want to start this over again. We don't want to do the same thing. And we've got to watch out for it. And so first thing uh, I want to you know, talk about in this, this new movie, but it's interesting too how they, they did, and all of them do this. And this is why, even though it was pretty true to the books, there were some definite changes. And that is because in if you're going to tell the story of the rapture and the tribulation, everyone believes in, or most people, I don't, but most people believe in imminency. So the thing is, you have to describe the situation, you have to make it fit today's situation. That's what makes it interesting for people. And, and so that's what they did in the seventies. When you, when you read late great planet earth, you know, how Lindsay interpreted the Bible according to 
that day's situation. Well, here we are 50 some years later and that world stage has changed in a lot of ways. But I just listened to an older preacher the other day preach a sermon on the rapture and he is, he's, he's an older preacher from the 70s and bless his heart, but he is still preaching how Lindsay, he does not, he is, he does not realize how much things have changed on the global stage. And so he, he did not even realize the stuff that he was saying is outdated. It's irrelevant. It doesn't fit today. And, and the thing is, he thinks what he's preaching is timeless because he thinks he's preaching the Bible. And Bible is always relevant. Bible is always accurate. But often when we interpret the Bible in light of today's situation, we end up perverting the scriptures. And so now things have changed in the world and this preacher doesn't even, I'm not going to name him because I, I don't want to pick on, I don't want to pick on the guy. I think he's a good guy, but it, I, I was embarrassed for him and we've got to watch out. He does not, he doesn't even realize he's doing this, you know, and maybe what he should at least do is watch this left behind movie so he can update, <laughs> he can update his, uh, stuff that he's saying, because that's what they do on this. They tie in modern issues with these events to make us think it's all about to go down. They were using COVID language, which is going to get all our attention. You know, they were talking about compliance. They were talking about misinformation and they're talking about all the, you know, all of these buzzwords that we're hearing today and especially things we were hearing during COVID because let's just face it during COVID. I mean, we all thought we were about to enter the tribulation during that time. And so when this movie was being filmed, you know, we're kind of still in, all of that. So the the language that's being used in there is not language that you see in the Left Behind movies or the Left Behind books because those were written over 20 years ago. So if they would have made this movie to look like when the book was written, you realize how outdated it is. And so Left Behind was written to make end time events fit that day's situation. But here we are 20 some years later and it's changed. And so they did. They've had to change the movie. Uh, you had on there too uh, the conspiracy guy who had the chart with the uh, strings pointing to all these different things. We've all seen that image before. Um, but, you know, who, who turns out he's right about everything. And we all were all interested in the conspiracy guys and. Uh, you know, they had that guy on there showing how it's all connected to these two guys. There's these two men, Stonegall and Cothran. And, you know, these were the guys that were kind of behind the Antichrist and in the story. You know, spoil, I guess I should have warned everybody, spoiler alerts. But again, the books have been out for 20 some years. But, you know, the Antichrist ends up killing these guys that bring him to power because, you know, he wants all the power. But, um, you know. And, and it just, it reminds us of today where we're always trying to show how all the media companies are owned by these small groups, you know, all these powerful organizations are the ones kind of running everything. Now, of course, uh, they did not tie these men who are behind the scenes controlling everything with any ethnicity. So don't worry for those of you out there who get offended by, uh, you know, tying certain things into certain groups. Uh, they don't do that. Uh, they know better. That would have hurt them financially if they had done that. It's just two white dudes. So just two white dudes that everything's tied to. And uh, and don't worry. 
this, on on this uh yeah and it's like this in the left behind movies just so you know too uh those of you pre-trivers out there uh the jews are always the good guys in this book and in the movies they're always the good guys so uh those of you who are easily offended out there you got nothing to worry about uh they're they're always they're always the good guys but it, so in the in reality left behind I think it came out around 99, 2000, somewhere in there. In reality, Left Behind was in many ways, a, uh, you know, a, the 2000 version of the late great planet Earth 30 years later. And so in reality, the Kevin Sorbo Left Behind is a 2023 version of late great planet Earth. So it's got the same theology. It's got the same timeline. It's got a lot of the same talking points. It just has these characters that we all love buck williams the news reporter buck williams buck tucker carlson he's kind of like a tucker carlson ish figure you know just kind of this rogue media guy who uh you know is all about getting to the truth and ends up getting canceled he ends up losing his job because he's just dropping too much truth and kind of like tucker carlson tucker carlson is real life buck williams uh, and and so obviously we know like just like we can listen to anything Buck Williams says, uh, we can listen to anything Tucker Carlson says, right? Hmm. I wonder if Tucker Carlson, uh, they did they he they they raised him up for a reason, you know. They knew the you know we all know to trust the Christians will trust Buck and will also trust Tuck. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe another conspiracy there. Probably not. But uh, just just a coincidence, right? But again, this Tucker Carlson is figure, you know, as Christians, we're going to look at this and think, man, yeah, this is this is how it is today. All the good guys on the news get canceled every single time. And so, uh, you know, I mean, this movie was just appealing to us, you know, appealing to the Christians, the evangelicals so much. And, you know, for obvious reasons, but it was so the but here's the thing, the problem you say, well, what's wrong with this? On one hand, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, obviously we're all going to do that when we're watching for the coming of Christ, when we're looking, especially as post-tribbers, you know, if you're looking for the tribulation and things like that, you are, you're going to read the Bible and you are going to tie it into the events of your day. But here's the problem with this. Our speculation often does become doctrine preached in pulpits and there's a fine line here we've we've got to watch out for this and I, i say this to my generation because we don't want to make the same mistake the previous generation made the previous generation was very and they will never admit this but they were very influenced by a movie by books about the coming of christ and as a result of it they started preaching things as doctrine, like the disappearing. I mean, people are still preaching a disappearing when it comes to the rapture. They're still going along with all these things. They still, uh, the, the biggest thing that has convinced people that many passages that are in fact about the rapture are not about the rapture is the, an image has been burned in their brain from these movies, from these other books. 
people based on their flawed theology, they have come up with in their minds an image of what the return of Christ is going to look like. And that's one where just on a normal day, there's a disappearing that takes place that nobody sees it coming. They think UFOs, they think aliens, okay, you know, are abducted people, whatever. You know, on this movie too, this was the other funny thing, is they, they were telling people there was a second wave of disappearings, you know, and warning people of potential other waves of disappearings that were going to take place, kind of like with COVID, you know, they, how there was going to be this other variant that was going to come along that we all needed to fear. And so the, the tactics they were using of scaring people with these other waves of disappearances, uh, it was exactly what they were doing. And I probably need to be careful to even mention this, but during the, uh, our practice of 1984, um, it was, it was very similar. So we can relate to, man, this, this is how it's going to be. I mean, th- this, this works, but again, the scripture is timeless. Okay. The Bible is timeless. And while I don't believe it's wrong for us to speculate, we are, we have crossed lines and we have turned speculation into doctrine. We have tried to make the scriptures fit someone's speculation or flawed speculation, and people will not change from that. No matter what you show them in the scripture, we we will never convince the 70s generation that people are not going to just vanish like that at the return of Christ. You're not going to convince them of that. It got burnt. It not only did it get burned in their brain, that image, but then it was repeated in pulpits. And so as a result of that, you know, when you tell people, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him, they will never believe you that that is about the rapture because that is not the way it played out in any of the books. It is not the way it's played out in any of the movies. And therefore that has to be a different event. And it's being preached that way. And the seventies generation will never change their minds on that. No matter how much proof we give from the scripture and in the left behind books, they have a lot dedicated to proving because there's a lot of parts where it's just talking doctrine, you know, where they're trying to convince people and show people, Stuff And so there is, there's a lot of doctrine, not just dramatic storytelling going on, but they on there show that the blessed hope rapture is different from the glorious appearing. It is so easy to prove that the glorious appearing is the rapture. It's, there's no doubt about it, but yet people will not change because when we see the glorious appearing, it's very clear that that takes place at the appearing of Christ when we see him and we are changed. But that's not how it happens in the movies. So people are like, again, this doesn't fit the image that's burned in my brain from movies or what has been spoken of in pulpits. And so we've got to be careful that we don't let. Am am I going to say it's a sin to make a movie about the tribulation and about the rapture? I don't know that I'm prepared to go that far to say that it's a sin but I will say this, it's messing people, it, it, it has, in 100% of the cases, just messed things up. It's gotten people off on their doctrine, just like this, because here's another question. Let's just face it, we all love movies about the Bible. We all, because we, we believe these stories in the Bible, we love these stories, we've read them, we have images in our mind, but here's the thing, the images in our mind about the Bible stories were put there by the words of God. 
Now, how many of you have had your minds influenced and altered away from what the scripture says based on what's in a movie? And I'll be the first one to admit that I remember, you know, when I started, you know, reading my Bible at a young age, I remember the first time I read through Exodus and I realized that some of the things that was in Charleston Heston's Ten Commandments was not in the Bible and were even contrary to the Bible. I remember reading that story and I'm like looking for, you know, where's Nefertiri? You know, where's all this stuff in there? And again, well, you know, they admit that it was artistic license and all that kind of stuff. I get that. But as a kid who watched those movies, I thought that's how it was. And so when certain things weren't adding up, it did, it, it confused me. And every Bible movie, they get things wrong. And sadly, those images they put in people's minds get burned there. And people and even Baptist preachers are interpreting the Bible in a way to try to make it fit what's in a movie. And they especially do that with end times. And so... Um, we, we've got to watch out for that. So this movie, you know, just some points about it. You know, it was, it was a modern retelling of the original left behind book. And I thought if, you know, it did a pretty good job of doing that, of being a modern retelling. Cause it would, it, there's a ton of stuff on there. You know, they were like in the left behind books, they were always using the latest technology and all that, which now is old and doesn't matter anymore. So there, you can't, you can't tell that story that way. Uh, anymore and so they did that right and you know for some reason the movie started after the rap you know after the rapture it was more about the rise of the antichrist uh which i thought some had said that it was going to be like picking up where the nicholas cage version left off which maybe that's what they were doing um i i don't know but um i think they really they started after the rapture because it saved them a lot of money you know while this movie wasn't a poorly done movie. Um, it was very budgeted, you know, because, uh, you know, the rapture is the coolest scene, but then, you know, you got to have the plane crashes, the helicopter crashes, all the driverless cars, you know, going off the road, all that kind of stuff. You know, you need all those things happening and those are expensive scenes, you know, unless you use cheesy computer animation and stuff. And they, they obviously didn't want to do that. So, um, yeah, so don't look, if you're going to watch this, you know, you're not going to get to see the rapture, which is disappointing. Uh, it did, it did have a confusing message with certain things. Uh, so for example, you have Bruce Barnes, who's a character in the book. Uh, they've made him black in all the movies, uh, for obvious reasons. They need that diversity again. So, and you know, don't, please don't get the wrong idea about that, but I hate when things are forced. Okay. You know? But anyway, um, at first, you know, when he's talking to Ray, you know, he was kind of wondering why he was left behind. And he said that he was left behind because he wanted to be like he was needed or something, which was stupid. So it was like, wait a minute. So was he saved? But just, you know, you know, God let him choose to be left behind. And so that was kind of weird at first. I'm like, what in the world? But then. Later, when Ray goes to get saved, Bruce goes to get saved with him. So it was like, okay, so at least they admitted he, he wasn't saved. But that was, like, confusing because on the movie, you know, the black people have all the answers for everything. 
you know, the old black lady in the nursing home, you know, she had all the answers, but obviously she was lost too. And so it was like, it was confusing with them because it's like they knew everything, they understood everything, but yet neither of them were saved. Oh, that was weird. You know, the salvation message that was in there, it was, it was accurate, I guess, but just not very detailed. You know, like it was believing on Christ. You know, you need to believe on, you know, you need to believe on Christ to be saved. Um, you know, I wish they would have taken some time to explain what that means exactly that, Hey, you're not trusting in your works. There's so many false gospels out there that are confusing people. I wish they would have gone a little more deep, you know, a little more details about, you know, trying to, you know, when you try to bring your good works to, you know, obtain salvation, you, you know, you're contaminating it. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't wrong. It just wasn't real detailed. You know, I wish they'd have had some eternal security stuff in there and things like that. But, uh, you know, they weren't like making people have to quit sinning before they could be saved or anything like that. So that was, that was good, but it, it, it could have been better. So, you know, it wasn't the most well done movie, but it wasn't bad. And so it is, it's kind of like, again, it was, it, but the reason I, I want to talk about these things is you can, in a way, you can kind of count Left Behind, the Left Behind movie as a Bible movie. It is. It's telling a Bible story, but just one that hasn't happened yet. And so they do. They're introducing their own characters and everything. But they, the whole storyline is based on something that the Bible predicts. And so... um it's important if you're going to do that, you know, you're getting your facts right. And so they do. They have the whole confirming a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. Uh, they do all that. So, I mean, this is it's straight-up dispensationalism. Uh, and, yeah, there, there's talk of the seven-year peace treaty that they're doing in Israel where they're going to rebuild the temple next to the Dome of the Rock. That's how they do it in the books. But, um, you know, in the, they don't have the seven years start at the rapture. The seven year starts at the signing of the seven year peace deal. And so I think some months have passed since the rapture in the movie, or at least weeks, but they're, you know, they're, they're clear to make it, they make it clear on there. The seven years doesn't start until the signing of the seven year peace treaty. So, um, you know, you're, you're going to get your dispensational pre-trib, you know, seven year tribulation, seven year peace treaty, uh, you know, the messed up interpretation of Daniel nine, you get all of that uh, in there, but that's to be expected because that is a common doctrine and teaching that Tim LaHaye uh, definitely believed in. And so, um, you know, either way, uh, if, if you want to, if you don't watch a left behind movie, you're not really missing anything. I would recommend Kirk Cameron's version before I would recommend somebody watch this one. It was better it was more according to the books and everything, but um, if if you're really bored and you want to watch it, I guess that's fine. Just don't let these things influence your theology. Don't enjoy these stories so much, get so intrigued by them that you try to make the Bible fit. If I'm a pastor in a pre-trib church and I know most of my congregation has read the Left Behind books and watched the Left Behind movies, if I get up in church the next day and I preach a rapture sermon and a tribulation sermon. And what I am describing sounds like the Left Behind movies. My people are going to be eating it up. 
They are going to be intrigued. They're going to listen. They are going to enjoy it. But I'm not going to be biblical. And and we we don't we we've got to stop letting speculation form how we read the scripture. Let the words of God form your thinking. Let the words of God paint a picture in your mind. And I'm afraid we have allowed movies, not just tribulation movies, but all the Bible movies are putting images and thoughts in our mind instead of the words of God. And it's causing error. It really is. And so uh, you be very careful with these things. I, I don't know if I'm completely prepared to condemn all Bible movies. Uh, I don't know. I, if I have to do that, then I gotta, I've got to condemn every uh, nativity play that's done in churches and things like that. You know, any time. But um, let's let's at least can we as as a people at least you know sort out in our mind what's from the scripture. And what's from a movie? And can we stop letting those other things influence our thinking about the scripture? I don't know. If we can't do that, then maybe we should just throw all that stuff out and never touch it with a 10-foot pole. Because, you know, it does say in Revelation twenty-two eighteen, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the prop of, of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in the book. And while none of us would dare to take anything out of the scriptures, we often do or add things with our movies, with our speculation. These things are becoming doctrine. And many things associated with pre-tribulation theology, uh, dispensational theology, a lot of the teaching on Daniel's 70th week, it is not based on the words of God. It is based on books and movies that have a bad portrayal of what the Bible is describing. And that's a shame. That is adding, that it has, maybe unintentionally, added to the scriptures or taken away from the scriptures. And I think that's a shame and we need to watch out for it. And so be careful with all these things. But either way, I just wanted to give my two cents about the Left Behind, the Rise of the Antichrist movie. And I will say, if you want to watch it for entertainment, you'll be you'll be mildly entertained. But please, please don't let it influence your doctrine for two seconds. They are dead wrong. And if in 20 years from now, if they make another movie, they'll have to completely update things again because the Bible is timeless, but man's, uh, man's books, man's writings is not. And so with that, I appreciate you joining me today. I hope you enjoy, uh, got, uh, enjoyed this. And so God bless you. We'll see you all tomorrow.